Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the Guitar Nerds Podcast, a free weekly audio digest all about guitars, amplifiers, and effects. But if you feel you want a little bit more bang for your buck, well, I guess you know, there's no buck involved as it's free, but if you would like to listen to more, you can head on over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where we have an extra half an hour every week. <laughs> well, what do you know? Hello and welcome to episode 222 of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week uh, by Matthew Knight. Hello there. And we've swapped Mark Packham for Jay Cross. There, hello. Yes, an improvement, an absolute improvement. Welcome I'm back, I'm not Jay. sure many people would agree, I've got oh, to be honest with you. Oh, I, 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 I certainly think so. You, oh, you're thanks, back, mate. you were uh, you were, you were in, back in America. Back again with the Renegade Marcel. It's been like, I think it's been two weeks. Is it two only weeks? two weeks since I've been yeah. on I think it's only two. It felt, it, it felt longer. I think it can feel like three because you can do a podcast and then have a couple of weeks off. And then you sort of have to roll around to the next one. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it feels like three. But it's yes, two. you were uh, you were off in America on official uh, Fender business, which is very good because we have some cool, exciting Fender news, which we're going to talk about this uh, this podcast. Of course, with uh, with the Nam round the corner, you know, it feels like we go for points of time where we've got like only two or three releases, and there's nothing to really get excited about. And now we've got so much. This week that we're not going to have a chance to get round to talking about all of it, um, but I guess first of all, blimey, the most important piece of guitar news uh, of the week by a mile, which is of course the uh, very controversial and um, you know uh, hotly memed and debated. Um, Sale of the Black Strat, David Gilmore's Black Strat. <laughs> I can't uh, believe it. It's it, it's sold at so controversially. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. I, I, outrageous. So uh, obviously we spoke about this on the on the Patreon um, episode last week, uh, where we were talking about we we took the virtual tour, which I think is still up on the Christie's website. Listener, if you haven't done it yet. And it is still there. Then definitely go and do it because it's it's super cool. Jay, I don't know if you've seen it or had a chance to, 
but Christie's on their website, they made a 3D virtual tour of the exhibit of all... Are you not going to let me answer? Oh, sorry. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, well, there you go. It was uh, all 120 guitars that he was uh, selling were there. But of course, you know, we... we were did, there, sorry, were the cases on display as well, considering <laughs> they were all sold separately? <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. They weren't, but there were some random, there were some really random things. What was that? Do you remember that tiny Galen Kruger bass amp? That, was it yeah, MB, that's... MB100 or something? It was a little... Um, so he used he that as like a part of his setup. I think it's like a monitoring amp for a long time I think it was part of his sound I don't, I, there's, there was definitely a reason he had it and I can't remember why there was definitely a reason he had yeah, it there, was, there were definitely some random uh, random things there but of course when we were uh, we were talking about it we were giving the sort of guideline prices that uh, the Christie's website put out there and also we put out a YouTube video on our five favourites and I mentioned the guideline prices there. And now I'm getting quite a lot of flack on that video because people don't seem to be aware that I was reading official guideline prices. And, of course, they were massively out. I think the – what was the black strap predicted? Like 150 Yeah. But all auction houses do that. Of course. They're like, course. oh, we need to do it. They basically do it to generate hype. And I'm like – do you really need to generate? Do you really think that anyone's going to go? Oh, I could pick that. Up. I'm definitely going to get a bargain here. No one's going to have seen this one. I'm going to pick this up for well under the asking price. But of course, you know this is this is world changing. We now now live in a world where the the most expensive guitar ever sold was uh, David Gilmore's Black Striker. I was going yeah. to say about that. Does this Black Striker? So it was what three point nine million? Three so point seven it's, nine. It sold for three point nine seven five million. Oh, yes. Right. Okay, okay. So that does make it the most expensive guitar, as in a guitar that is a guitar, as opposed to a guitar that's being sold because it's worth the sum of its parts, right? Because oh, it's yeah. not got like diamonds and crystals and yeah. There was that it. SG, wasn't there? That Gibson, the 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 Gibson SG that was uh, a Swarov- a Swarovski diamond SG. Swarovski. What, Swar- is that is that how you say it? I no. I've got to be honest with you. I don't know anything about diamonds, but no. I do see Swarovski at commercials on the television. So maybe I see. I see. they're not real diamonds. What aren't Swarovski? They're not real. diamonds. Oh, maybe that's not what it was then. No. They they are expensive, but they're not real diamonds. They're something else, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, let's cool. maybe not guess necessarily get into the guitar and diamonds <laughs> podcast. No, Swarovski is crystal. It's not diamond. Right. Okay. Um, okay. But they're still expensive. I see. I understand. But yeah, but, but but basically, the black strap became the most expensive guitar that is sold as a guitar because it is a guitar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Overtaking yeah. what? Overtaking. Overtaking. Bizarrely enough. Okay, so I know was... we've done a video on this, so I yes. know I should know. But so as there... you will know, I don't watch or listen to anything that we do that I'm not involved in, and yeah, even stuff yeah. that we are that I am involved in, I don't tend to pay attention to. Yeah. So um, for a long time, it was Jerry Garcia's Tiger guitar, uh, which was the last gu- guitar that Jerry Garcia from Grateful Dead played. Uh, then it was Blackie, which was the Clapton Strat. <laughs> Um, but actually, more recently, bizarrely enough, and probably something we didn't talk about more, and this, I guess, was more of a charity thing, but there was a guitar sold for $2.7 million in 2005 for a charity to raise funds for the Asian Tsunami Relief. Ah, it was and just it was, a Mexican strap, wasn't it? It was like a Mexican uh, strap, yeah. but it was signed by Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Pete Townsend, Jeff Beck, David <laughs> Gilmore. Townsend. Pete Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> and other other musicians. Yes, I do remember that. 
I do remember that. Yeah. But, but um, also, wasn't Kirk Hammett's, the, the 59 that he bought off of... Well, no one knows how much he paid for that because right, it was okay. private. This did, is the most... Bought, ex- did he buy that ex- from Gmore? No. He bought no, it, he, he bought he it, bought it from, from Bernie Marsden. No, he bought it from the geezer who Bernie Marsden sold it to. No. Okay. Bernie Marsden was never involved in that guitar. Oh, it, wasn't he? It, no, Phil Harris was the uh, custodian of the guitar for quite some time, and then it got sold to a private collector um, who... That's where the controversy came in when they did the Gary Moore uh, collector's choice, number mm-hmm. one, because... The relics were called the Gary Moore and the Nos ones were called something else because he was the owner of the <coughs> guitar at the time and then right. he sold the guitar privately to Kirk Hammett because it's a private sale. No one knows exactly how much was paid for it. Um, this job. is effectively the most effect the, the most expensive guitar ever sold at auction, I guess is the simplest way to put it. Blimey. And and, and you think like... Uh, the the neck that he has on it at the moment's only been on there since 1996, so it's not like he even wrote any of the uh, the big tunes on it. Yeah, what? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so... well, it's had six different neck changes. The uh, the black strat. Oh, the most recent... sorry, I thought you were talking about the the Les Paul steel. Right, oh, okay, sorry, yes, the, sorry. Yeah, the the strat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so but what's what's amazing? Um, the couple of amazing facts came out of it. So the guitar was bought by uh, Jim Ursay, who actually owns an American football team called the Indianapolis Colts. Um, at the in total auction value of all 120 instruments was 21.49 million, and his purchases made up 24% of the entire auction. Wow! Um, so he bought the Black Strat for 3.97 million. Bought the 69 Martin D35, which was used to write Wish You Were Here, yep. for 1.95 million. Uh, that was one- also uh, the single guitar that David Gilmore said was his favourite guitar yes, in the world. Yes, he did that say Martin. that was his favourite guitar. He said if he was going to be on a desert island, that would be his guitar. Um, and then he also well, yeah, bought... I mean, it wouldn't be an electric guitar, would it? Well, no, I don't I guess know. Not. Might be. Might have an amp with him. Might have some electricity. You know what sort of islands these cars go to. Um <laughs> And then he also bought, get this, the travel case used for the Black Strat for $175,000. But again, the original case for it was lost uh, by um, the uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. The Hard Rock Cafe? Yeah. yeah. So that, so that, that was... case is a replacement from 96. Yeah. So that, that was the thing. The guitar was in Hard Rock Cafe when he retired it in the late 80s. Um, and then basically they had a big nightmare trying to get it back. And then he used it from like 96 onwards. Um, but what was what's also funny, I was just reading uh, Jim Ursay's tweets from the day of the auction. <laughs> um, so he's actually got like 700,000 followers on uh, Twitter. Uh, so his first tweet um, was, wish you were here. I just obtained a six-string acoustic for $900,000 going after the Black Strat. Plowed oh. to be the steward for the most important piece of rock music history. Uh, my VP, I love the fact that this as well, my VP of special projects is at the Pink Floyd auction uh, for charity, seeing what else I can add to the collection. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he's just put David Gilmore, the greatest phrasing in... Uh, Greatest guitarist in the world ever. Honoured to bring the Black Strat to the public, the most expensive guitar ever purchased, and it's for charity. And then he went, a 75 Colts jersey with Lux autograph is on its way to David Gilmore. Um, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and then he went, honoured to support honored to support the charity. But I just love the fact he's like, I wonder what else I can get. Um, <laughs> so for people who don't know as well, he's actually a famous collector. Yeah, he's got loads um, of uh, cool stuff. Yeah, so he... 
he is a guitar player, um, which is which is a kind of a nice thing. Um, he's like a multi-billionaire, uh, unsurprisingly, and he is a guitar player. And he's actually put guitars that he's purchased and other instruments on museums and lent them out to other musicians as oh, well. That's so, really cool because that was uh, one of sort of the complaints I was hearing a lot. You know, yeah, afterwards was like, oh, that, this is the end of the Black Strat. It's now just going to go on some rich guy's shelf, sort of thing. I mean, but... it will definitely do that, but I yeah. think hopefully <laughs> we'll see it out there. But other guitars that he's bought, I mean, so he bought a '63 Gretsch once owned by John Lennon, which he paid five hundred and thirty thousand dollars for. He <laughs> He bought the Yellow Cloud guitar played by Prince, which he paid $137,000 oh, for. Oh, wow. Um, he also bought the Jerry Garcia Tiger guitar for 957000 in 2002, which at the time was the most expensive. Oh, right. He's got that as well. Yep. Um, <laughs> the And actually, I was reading an interesting story about that. So talking about uh, it being open to the public, apparently the wife of a Grateful Dead fan got in touch and said, look, I know you own a guitar is there any way my husband could see it for his birthday? And they invited him to the Indianapolis Colts field and then surprised him by letting him play it for an hour. And then Jim Ursay has his own private tech. Imagine that job. Yeah, I'm Jim Ursay. <laughs> Who's he? Well, he's just like this billionaire guitar collection. I just I just look after the guitars all day. Um, so that that's kind of cool that he lets, you know, he'll do things like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. He bought the Strat that Bob Dylan played when he went electric at the new 1965 Newport Folk Festival, right, which he paid okay. $965,000 for. And th- get this, he bought the bass drum used by mm. Ringo Starr yeah, when they deb- debuted on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964 for $2.125 million. What? Just the bass drum. <laughs> Just the bass drum. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, amazing. This guy, I wish I was this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Um, oh, it's not the end of the world. Like, I think it's kind of, kind of cool. He and seems the, like a... the thing is, it's never going to lose any money. No, it's ne- it's it, it's always going to be worth that. That there will always be someone willing to buy that guitar. Of course. Um. Yeah. So he's he is on the ultimate tonal quest, I guess you could say, to buy possibly some of the most expensive things ever yeah. um, um so speaking of uh of all this did you see uh what mike venart from uh biffy clyro and ocean size was up to this week on twitter no uh so mike venart whilst the whilst the uh auction was going on he was basically tweeting saying yep i just bought the black strap I just, I just bought it. Here's a picture of it, and just put up like a stock image of it, and loads of people <laughs> were going, "Oh my god, I can't believe you bought it! What are you going to do with it?" And he's like, "Well, I'm lefty, so I can't play it. So I'll probably just put it in the cupboard, keep it for later." And he was basically <laughs> just like murking all of these, all of these Gilmore fans. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to. I thought I'd change the neck on it, maybe restring it, yeah, stick, yeah, some, yeah. stick a few EMGs in it. Yeah, I was thinking about getting a Charvel neck or something. Those DK24 necks. It has a, it has are, a so Charvel. I know neck. it. I know it does. Yeah. I know. It I think does. what would be hilarious. Is if Jim Erso uh, was also just like posted a picture of him, just like putting some stickers on it. It's like, oh, it's a bit mucky. Just getting it resprayed, sanding it down. Just like I've always really wanted a, uh, a nice sunburst. Trimmed. I always thought it looked better in shell pink, so I've sort of I've, oh, it I've would. resprayed it. We should start a petition for him to respray the Dave Gilmore Strat shell pink. Beautiful. Oh, I'll be up for that. Uh, anyway, um, we we do have some incredibly cool news to to get through, but first. Um, we'll have a brief look in our mailbag. 
mailbag. Now I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to make the mailbag a little bit more succinct um, because it has pointed it has been pointed out to us that the mailbag is uh, can be a little bit of a mail brag. Uh, which I thought was very <laughs> oh, good. That's, that's good. I read that's that good. on on Facebook, which is which is obviously not its intention. Which is why we've now started doing sound samples of the mailbag stuff over on the Barcords podcast, which comes out every Friday. On this, I will just briefly talk about some of the cool stuff. So finally, um, we managed to get hold of one of the Anna Sounds elements. We got the Le Brute, which is the. Um, uh, did you remember this, Jay? We spoke about these like the reverb. Uh, yeah, the yeah. the actual reverb tank. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You thought you were going to catch me out there, didn't you? Oh no, no. I, I just it, but, but, thought you were going to catch me out there, didn't you, Branton? I'm sorry. I know about reverb. Yes, you you do. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> oh no! I thought we were going to make a, go a week without it. <laughs> Never. Um, but yeah, so uh, what an absolutely super cool product. I love the fact that you can kick it, um, and it and it you know. Yes, makes, you can. Uh, and it and it obviously makes a sound, which is which is wicked. And it has like a, it's got an option. There's like a little toggle for sort of saturation, and so you either have sort of a pretty straight, usable, really gorgeous sounding actual spring reverb, or um, it, it's it's a you know a, a completely crazy uh, version of uh, spring reverb, like a really heavily saturated, over the top sort of shoegazy uh, sort of thing. But um, it, I guess, listener, if you if you don't know, yeah, the Anna Sounds—they're a French company that make like wooden chassis effects pedals. Now, this comes the elements comes as a Le Brut um, uh, spring tank, which is you know the actual spring in a in a sort of wooden chassis with a glass screen, and then you get the pedal, which is the controller, which is the elements. And that gives you like input output. You've got a two band EQ on there for the reverb as well, which is pretty interesting. And um, and then yeah, like a mix, an overall mix. But oh, they're super cool. Yeah, I, I really want to try this. I'm super interested to try this, especially an amp cool. with effects loop. You know, just keep it a little bit clean. Just yeah. really dial it up. I think that's amazing. And you have the ability to rack mount it or mount it onto your pedal board. Certainly he does three sizes. The Labrute is the the medium sized one and it would fit sort of perfectly at the top of a um of a pedal board. So especially those like pedal train novo series where they're a little bit slightly too long for two tiers of pedals so it would you know fit neatly. Could you there. could you fit it underneath? Um, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah. I see, there's yeah. no problem would it, with that. Would it fit underneath, and then you could have it in a in a switch or whatever, and then you could just kick your pedal board when you want to get the. Oh, yeah, that's what you want. That's or you, you want. could even bend down and shake it like you would an actual amp. Oh yeah, you, oh, or drop you it do. like an actual amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just oh, drop probably, it. Yeah, probably don't. Probably don't do that. You could. You could probably utilize the ES8s. Uh, pulley system which i think is a hidden function but you could set up the pulley function so that when you push the button it raises it up and then drops it down on the stage yeah that's i think that's a, a completely reasonable i'm not way. really sure how the pulley function works but i'm sure matt will explain it in a, yeah, in a patreon matt, episode one time. yeah sure yeah, yeah. Matt will do his own. The, so that's really cool i'm really looking forward to doing sound samples of that and the other thing we got through is some stuff from farm pedals now listener you need to check out Farm Pedals. They're very, very cool. Farmpedals.com. And um, Farm Pedals are, are quite interesting and unique. So Jeff, who owns Farm Pedals, actually runs Hancock Family Farm, which is a, a, veg, a vegetable farm out in Maine. And uh, that's, that's what he does. And then, you know, when he's got some spare time, he builds pedals. 
Um, and the Good cool, on it. That sounds yeah, great. It's, it's absolutely like a fantastic. dream life. Yeah, so I was checking out the farm. You can visit that as well at HancockFamilyFarm.com. I was, I was watching their little videos of them on their tractors and stuff. It was cool. But, yeah, um, farm pedals, so super boutique. Do they farm um, families? Yes. Is that's that what, what it is? is. They they, gr- yeah. They grow families. Well, grow, import, I don't know. Oof. Know. That went dark. Uh, <laughs> I was yes. making a light-hearted joke there, Joe. You took it too far. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, we got um, a couple of uh, cool things from them. Uh, we got the Sweetly Fuzz, um, which uh, I was very excited about because it's a completely controlless fuzz pedal. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, the cool, exactly what you want. The cool thing oh, is, it looks they lovely have, actually. It's, yeah, it's it looks great. great. It comes in like a mauve chassis with a with a sort of a, a, a drawing of a leaf. All good pedals come in mauve. It's not mauve. Yeah, it's true. That's well, not what, mauve. That's what would like, you say? It's like lilac. Oh, lilac. Mauve's and mauve. darker than that. Really? Yeah. You think? Okay, we'll say lilac then. Okay, lilac. But um, yeah, it's got a uh, it's got a, uh, an internal trim pot. If it's too hot, because of course it has volume and a fuzz level that are preset, and so you can open it up. Apparently, the version one didn't have this, and some people said it was just you know too reckless. So he's uh, <laughs> he's added this pot in inside. But um, the best part is it actually goes both ways. So it's at a, it's at a default setting, but of, you could actually in you could turn up the fuzz if you want. There's even it can do even more, or you can you know rein it in if you if you need to. But um, I love. Uh, controlless pedals. Do you remember the prickle fuzz from Cog? From Cog, yeah, that was yeah. That, that, was, that, that was two. That was two buttons, wasn't it? It's a much bigger box. Two fit switches because you had prickle and I can't remember what the other one was. Fuzz, maybe. Yeah, that was probably what <laughs> I it was. I think it was an octave fuzz. So I'd yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was uh, that was super cool. And the other one uh, we've got is part of their Heritage series, which I assume just means the ones they you know have made for a long time. So we got the Boost of the Dead. Which is a Jerry Garcia style dual preamp. Oh, I know um, somebody. I know someone who's got a guitar like his. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is super cool. Has like a little skeleton thing with an acoustic on it, and so this is one single control, and then you've got uh, two foot switches. Um, so one is for the the buffer, um, which it sort of enhances the enhances your low end, and then the other is the the boost, which works with the with the control, but a really super cool idea. Again, I love, I love this sort of the simplicity of the pedals. The fact that they've kind of come up with a sound, and they're like, "Here's the sound." Yeah, yeah, I'm really into that. Having the, the confidence to do that, and I, th- I think that's something that we'll probably see more of in in the coming kind of months and years with with boutique pedal manufacturers. Is you know, we, we've gone down the route of extremely controlled, and I think there are companies that do it really well. You look at Strymon, you look at Chase Bliss, companies that make these kind of super malleable, ultra uh, tweakable sounds. I think companies are going to start to go the other way to differentiate themselves, and yeah. they're going to you're going to start seeing these these pedals that come out that are well, look, here's the sound that we've made the pedal do, do you like it? There it is. I, 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 I'm into that. I think it's really neat. I think it's really neat. Yeah, yeah, me too. I always think that, you know, there's a, there's there's something to be said for that sort of plug-in-and-play thing. You know, you can get too far sort of lost in the in the other side of things when you've got, when there are too many, uh, too many controls. Um, anyway, um, there'll be more on all of those things uh, on bar chords. Uh, but for now... We should do some news. 
Jay Cross. It's a very exciting, very exciting time. Um, for this is, this is, this is massive. Yeah, in it is. In terms yeah. of, in terms of guitar nerds' likes and interests, this is, well, this is the end of an era. Yeah. So uh, to uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which is the day that this podcast comes out, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, yesterday. Uh, Fender announced the brand new Vintera series of guitars. Uh, and the Vintera series essentially replaces the uh, and marks an end of the classic series and also the classic player and also the Roadworn series. Of oh, guitars. Roadworn's gone as well. Roadworn's going as well. Yeah. It's all, oh, so yeah. there's no more relics. Uh, no well, way. if you want to get a custom shop, yeah clever i do thanks jay okay uh that'll be two and a half thousand pounds please matt oh sweet i've got just that amount of money oh good left if you over could... my change for not buying a back strat <laughs> <laughs> that was your bid was it two and a half grand? yeah i so you know Mate, you can't you can't buy a new one for that money <laughs> let alone the original anyway uh so vintera essentially has two and i'm going to try and go through this in as succinct manner as possible partly because i'm almost losing my voice because of the amount of talking oh, i realize you are, aren't you? you do sound yeah, huskier i talk i talk quite a lot i don't know if you know this but i've especially talked a lot over the last couple of weeks because i have been away i've been like you said i've been to the u.s i've also been in a bunch of countries throughout europe talking to dealers and talking to customers and stuff so i've been away a lot so i've done a lot of talking so I'm going to try and get through this succinctly, uh, which I realise I'm doing a really terrible job of <laughs> so far. But Vintera is split into two sections. So there is the Vintera and then there's the Vintera mods. Okay. So right. let's take the strats, for example. The strats, you can get a 50 strat, a 60 strat and a 70 strat. Or you can get a 50s mod strat and a 60s mod strat. And essentially what you've got there is the classic series, which is just the, the straight uh, Finteras. And then the 50s and 60s mods are what were essentially the classic players. So okay. both so of those... They'll, they'll feature sort of additions that make them non-60s, like how the Baja had a four-way... Exactly that. So right. in the in the strats, they're all seven uh, 7.25... Uh, quarter radius yes. the uh the necks are what you would expect from kind of vintage vintage uh that that era of guitar so 50 strats got a v-neck 60 strats got a c-neck and the 70 strat has got quite a chunky u-neck um the pickups have all been voiced to be uh, a bit more accurate so where is they're in a whole new set of pickups for a whole range, whole new set of pickups yeah is there and, a name for the line of pickups in uh no i don't think so i think it's just kind of 50s, right. 60s, 70s pickups. Cool. Uh, so that's my understanding. Cool. I'd need so to double a, check. So just a revoicing, essentially, of what was there. Yeah, previous. exactly. Uh, and also, we've brought in to, uh, some kind of m newer colours. So, for example, you can get uh, you can get the 60 Strat in Burgundy Mist. I'm looking Ooh. at you, oh, Joe Branton. Yes. Uh, what else is new? Oh, the 70s stuff is really cool. So the 70s comes in Mocha or Aged Natural, which are, of course... The absolute, on the strats. On the, on the strats, yeah, yeah. And on the tellies, actually, which we'll get to in a minute. 
but yeah, so there's there's fifties and sixties standard and mod. There's no seventies mod because, I mean, there yeah. just there isn't. Uh, and on the uh, on the fifty on the mod side of things, they've got nine and a half inch radius, two point trim, and both the fifties and sixties strats have got an S one switch. But the S one has been simplified from what it was in the del- in the old deluxes and in the elites. So all it does now is it brings in the neck pickup in whatever position you're in. So no kind of like adding... Because on the old American Deluxes, the S1 had five different options and nobody could remember what they all did. And the one that everyone always used was, okay, I want the neck pickup. So that's all all it does now. Um, And the mod strats also have uh, locking vintage tuners. So they look like normal tuners, but they're locking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. Um, and moving over to the tellies, uh, you, again, there's 50s telly or 50s mod, and then there's right. 60s telly and there's 60s mod. Now, yes. So uh, just starting where people need us to start, the 50s mod is essentially still just the Baja. Uh, there's right, so it's not- still butterscotch, it's still black. Black guard, yeah, exactly. Nine and a half inch radius. She's still got the four way selector switch, still got the S1, still got the same pickups. I think the neck shape has changed very slightly. Um, That's what I've been told. But when I picked one up, I really couldn't discern any difference from it, to be honest with you. Uh, And surf green has been added to the. uh, So you can now, basically, the colours you can get that in now are butterscotch blonde, surf green, and daphne blue. That's very cool. Yeah, really cool. That's pretty cool. So the standard 50s telly is a U-neck profile, seven and a quarter inch radius. Uh, and that comes, in, that again, 50s revoice pickups. And that comes in two-tone sunburst, sonic blue, and fiesta red. That and is outrageous. A the fiesta red 50s The telly fiesta or... red looks that's, absolutely I'm so banging. I'm so excited by that. I bet. That, absolutely awesome. banging. Uh, the 60s telly. Uh, so not the mod, the 60s telly comes with a Bigsby as standard. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, seven and a quarter inch radius. And is uh, that only available in Sunburst? That is available in Sunburst. Yes, I think it is only available in Sunburst. Perfect. Yes, it is only available in Sunburst. And then the 60s mod telly uh, has got 5862 pickups, which are really popular, but also has the four-way switch and the uh, S1 as well and that you can get in seafoam green or lake placid blue amazing yeah and uh and so i guess i can't remember were classic players nitro before no that was actually that was and this is kind of the thing is that there were so many series within uh within that kind of similar sort of price bracket that was the classic lacquer series right because that's what i own i have a classic lacquer jazz bass. yes you do yes and that doesn't ex- that's also gone that doesn't exist right. anymore either okay. so basically road worn classic lacquer classic and classic player have all gone and right. vintera has taken on all so, of those vintera means it stands for vintage style for the modern era that's where the name comes from oh right. that's cool okay. i like that whoever so came port- up with that portmanteau portmanteau what? it's a it's a portmanteau ah well you take two words and bosh them together in it oh i see oh even Better. better. Do, you good. know what a port, we, you know what a portmanteau is. Like uh, you know how I, when we say when we say weak ankles, we we just immediately say wankles. Uh, portmanteau. 
okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Thanks for enlightening me, Jay. Oh, there you go. It's a, it's a portmanteau. But anyway, that's, that's the end of the podcast. No one see you later. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that's the uh, the kind of standard that's stuff. That's telly. That's your bread and butter. Well, yes, but then there's also kind of the the seventies tellies. Oh, okay, this is very so exciting. 70s tellies, you can get uh, 70s telly deluxe, uh, which has got se- the, now they're they're what all of these pickups have been revoiced, and basically they kind of sound like uh, to me they sound like a kind of low output path that style of pickup, right? Um, so they're not kind of a classic, um. 70s wide range pickup which i've to be honest with you i've never been a fan of um these actually sound very good uh but yeah so there's the 70s deluxe which comes in mocha which looks wicked vintage blonde and three-tone sunburst and though uh those are cool you've then got the 70s telly custom this is very cool, cool. doing with, a, a custom yes so the telly the custom which comes in black Sonic Blue or again Fiesta Red. Outrageous Fiesta Red with like a with a parchment guard yeah. on a on a Telly Custom. That I'm is totally in. That is really cool. That's uh, really cool. And there's also a seventies Telly Thin Line which comes in vintage blonde, candy apple, or aged natural. Oh, candy apple. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a candy apple uh, thin line. And that one is seven two five with a three bolt plate. Uh, and the rest are nine and a half with a three bolt three bolt plate. Um, cool. So that's the Strats and Tellies. There's also some new offsets, but not as many as I would have thought. Really? Okay. Well, I, I, unless I mean, yeah. I, I have I, to I say, Joe, I don't know where. You- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've got this info from because I certainly didn't send it to you. And I, you seem to know everything that I'm saying. I thought I was going to be bringing this 
this grand reveal. I knew that you'd found out about this. I don't know how you found out about this. Dark corners of the internet. I didn't realise that you had the specs, but that's I'm fine. I'm looking anyway. at all the pictures of them as we right. speak. Okay. Have you just hacked into my computer? Is that what's going on? Maybe. Okay. I know I shouldn't have changed my password to Branton666, but you know. <laughs> anyway, um, the offsets. So again, following the same kind of uh, same kind of style. There's the 60s and the 60s mod. So we've got 60s Jazzmaster and 60s Jaguar, both of which are 725 radius. Uh, the Jazzmaster comes in uh, ice blue metallic and or, an Olympic white. And With ja- a matching headstock? Uh, y- yes. Yeah, that's yes, really sorry. cool. Yes, I'd, I'd, I've been talking about so many guitars, I was about to say no, that's in the mod, <laughs> but it's not. The standard ones come with matching headstock, uh, the Jazzmasters. So those are Ice Blue Metallic or Olympic White with a Mustang-style bridge, I think. That's good. That's, uh, that's good. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that that's the case. the case. I think it is. Uh, actually, I can't remember. Let me just see if I can see it if I zoom in on this picture. Yes, that is a Mustang-style bridge. <laughs> uh, I thought it was. Uh, then there is the uh, 60s Jaguar. Oh my gosh, I've made this really small now. Uh, 60s Jaguar, which again, 725 radius, uh, and that comes in three-tone sunburst or ocean turquoise, which looks really nice. Oh, that's uh, cool. Nice to see that colour back. 60s Mustang. Uh, Mustang coming back into this sort of price point for the first time in a while, which is which is cool. So this is a more kind of vintage correct. If you weren't into the offset series of Mustangs, uh, which obviously weren't kind of traditional... Well, they weren't vintage correct, which I really liked because I wanted the hardtail, which is why I got that um, offset in pink. Uh, but yes, so these are new new voicing on the pickups, 725 radius, vintage style hardware, and you can get those in seafoam green, three-tone sunburst, or lake placid blue. And of course, they have a tremolo. Um, the 60s mod, Jazzmaster and Jaguar. Now, I really like these. These are kind of a hybrid between the um, the classic player and also the uh jay mascus so it's got cool. a um a justomatic bridge which is what a lot of people like if you want that kind of um you're able to uh just uh intonate everything a bit better also you'll see you'll you'll see that the bridge the the uh the actual trem plate is closer to the body so it just it changes the brake angle and basically just makes it a bit more playable that's the mod that you get on the J Mascus and I don't think that's been available on any Jazz Masters or Jaguars other than that one before as standard so that is really cool I've had a go on one of these and it plays wicked uh, and again, that is nine and a half inch and the Jaguar comes in surf green or sonic blue. So that's those. Wow. This is a big, big change It really big is a big announcement. It? it really is. And yeah, I apologize that I'm just sort of rattling through these, but I do just want to get to uh, m- m- the most exciting one for me. So um, bases, we haven't forgotten you, Joe Branton. No, worry. no. And some Blooming great colour additions on the bass front. So, 50s P-Bass. That's staying the same. That stayed the same. 50s P-Bass is available now with a in Dakota Red 
or seafoam green with an oh. anodized gold plate. So it's yes, Dakota yes, yes. instead of um, instead of uh, Fiesta. Yeah, and I tell you what. Oh, that's the best red. It looks. Dakota's the best. It looks red. so so good, man. It looks so good. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, 60s jazz bass comes in uh, again 725 radius. Comes in three times sunburst, Daphne Blue, and, and? the Joe Branton special, Firemist Gold. Oh, yes, Firemist <laughs> Gold with a taut guard on a 60s jazz bass with the proper radius. Oh, I'm so all about that. That the is 70s jazz bass comes in Inca Silver and three tone sunburst. Oh. Again, looks really cool. Comes uh, in natural as well. Uh, Yes, and Age Natural. Thank you very much for your pirate info, which again, I... <laughs> uh, and that's bound neck with block inlays, of course. Fantastic. And the one for me that I think is just an absolute banger, and I think is going to just be so popular, especially with Gitano's listeners, 60s Mustang bass. So it's a proper Mustang bass with a proper Mustang bass pickup. No PJ malarkey here, mate. Proper Mustang split single coil, three-tone sunburst, seafoam green, and wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, Fiesta Red. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. And you get the, they've even gone to the effort of putting the lollipop tuners on the Mustang bass. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fantastic. They're going whole hog uh, on this. Wonderful. Yeah, so um, I apologise if I undenied my way through that, but there's a lot no, of info there. It. And there uh, is... it's it's it's... Honestly, I've seen the lineup in in the IRL, and it looks amazing. The well, ones for me that are the the real sh- uh, like show pieces are the Fiesta Red Mustang Bass, the Seafoam uh, uh, Green Anodized Gold Fifties P Bass. Mate, it looks so good. It looks so good. The seventy surfy, the seventy Strat in Mocha looks amazing. Obviously, the uh, the Fifties mod uh telly which let's be honest we're always still going to call the baja telly yeah Yeah. it's uh it's quality so the whole thing's amazing the whole thing's amazing also fantastic new range and and sorry go on no the 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 only other thing which i'm uh, i think i mentioned but i kind of glossed over it with the 60s mod telly which again is essentially the same as the 60s baja that's now got 5862 pickups in, which I think are much better than the American Vintage 52 pickups, which were in the old 60s Baja. I never right. really understood why the 60s Baja had American Vintage 52 pickups in. That kind of never really sat well with me. Uh, so having the 5862s, in, I, I, I just think that the whole lineup is, is quality. It's, it's really, really exciting. It does look like they've ironed out a couple of a, cre- uh, a couple of creases. They've made the color range more interesting because mm-hmm. I think you know w- with a with a traditional series and you kind of even you think classic classic player they've been around for you know over, over a decade uh, more than, yeah, more and, than a decade and, and the rest I think actually yeah and and I think a, a decade ago and more and we've said it before on the on the podcast as well I think color choices uh just didn't seem to be something that uh, not just fender but a lot of brands weren't too fussed about they offered everything in you know black sunburst white yeah and maybe a red sort of thing and 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 of course the classic player and and classic series suffered from that as well like there there weren't that many cool interesting 
weird new colours. And we do seem to be going through a big sort of uh, uh, surfy colour renaissance at the moment. And certainly Fender have made the rest of their ranges all about that. And I'm sure that Fender have seen the the sort of sales up yeah, upside of, of, you know, releasing, um, you know, some some things things like shell pink and uh and uh sonic blue versions of stuff that wasn't uh previously available i mean just yeah well, fantastic. i mean you know even looking back to when we were working in the shop if ever there was an fsr that came through of a american standard or a mexican standard if ever something came through in an interesting color it just sold immediately yeah absolutely and i think basically the people who are in charge of the guitars nowadays are kind of just paying attention to what's selling now rather than just making what they wanted to make. Uh, so yeah, you know, there's some absolutely banging stuff out there and it's, it's, it's really, really exciting that the range is quality and the fact that it, it's uh, it's all dropping at the same time. It's all yeah. in stock. It's not like, Oh, here's, here's some new stuff. Oh, you can buy it in, in three months. Uh, it really is shipping It'll, well, it'll be in shops today now, really. Uh, so get down, nice, get down no, there and try it out. Nice to see that Fender aren't, um, uh, they don't seem to be excluding any of their models uh, anymore, which is really good. Like, you know, the Mustang seems to be back in full force. We're getting proper Jaguars and Jazzmasters at every price point. You know, before, I think a lot of the offsets were kind of, they might be available in, in this range, but not in the in the other. It just seems to be much more, a much more complete lineup. Well, I, I think will... I think that's mainly down to just supply and demand. You know, again, when we sure. were working in the shop, the only jazz master, well, for a long time, the only jazz masters you could buy were the uh, classic player, which kind of was a jazz, but it wasn't. It wasn't a jazz master in a traditional sense. There was the American Vintage sixty two and the American Vintage sixty five, which were pretty expensive and then there was the squire so there wasn't really anything in between so yeah. having a, a lot of options and especially i think now bringing together the classic and classic player into into the single series and just having them defined by well there's kind of the classic one or there's the the mod one i think that's great yeah yeah it did really good really uh, a really concise series and i guess it finishes everything off now so you've I think that's every series that now has a new iteration. From that was the that was the player. last one that uh, yeah from you know player performer original. So, now, yeah. so I guess now in order it's player Ventura Ventura mod performer original. Uh, have you discontinued Elite? Is Elite no? Oh, so Elite so Elite is is still around. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, well, one more to go then. Uh, I guess. I tell you what. Sorry. Why is that? Well, because you know you, you've you've freshened up everything else. Well, Elite was only came out what two and a half years ago, three years ago. Three I guess years ago. really, we were still working at Gak when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it replaced Deluxe. Remember the American Deluxe yeah. series? Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I yeah. Guess in so. fact, that was that was the first one to change. Yeah. 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 I guess so. I tell you, what, I will miss Roadworn though. I thought Roadworn was such a wonderful series. Fender have done that a couple of times. Like, do you remember those? We, we've spoken about them on the podcast before, but like Highway Ones. What if? I mean. You rarely see a Highway 1 come up on eBay or Reverb or anywhere because if you've got one, you hold on to it because it's well, a blooming yeah, great I mean, guitar. Yeah. I think there's kind of a bit of a, 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 you know, that's kind of wormed its way into this kind of uh, uh, 
urban legend of the of the highway ones the highway ones were great but essentially they were replaced by the american specials which were again right. essentially replaced by the performers um it's there's not a huge amount of different because i remember sure. people always used thin, it was that thin nitro that yeah that's true it. that's true that was cool but I, I remember people always used to come to the shop and say yeah highway ones think about them american body mexico neck amazing and i sort of always remember sitting back and thinking about it just being like that doesn't like why is that amazing? <laughs> like, <laughs> American body, Mexican neck, amazing. <laughs> I did, I just liked having that thin sort of um, ready to be uh, relicked uh, nitro. <laughs> I kind of like that because I like relics, but yeah, you know, it, and and I, I, obviously relics have a they're very marmite. People either love or hate them. I do like them, but I do, you know, there is there is that slight issue of it being fake wear. And I loved the idea of the, the road one and the highway ones just being, they had this thin lacquer. So you knew, you know, it very quickly, these were going to relic to your playing style. I thought yeah. that was a very cool Well, I mean, feature. look at, look at Mikey Demus. His one relic orange. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Yes. Yeah. Very weird. Very, uh, very strange. Uh, anyway, what what a fantastic series. But um, Matt Knight. Can, can I sit about... down now? I'm exhausted. You can sit down. Yeah, why don't you... Were you, you standing a... up for that whole thing? Yeah, <laughs> he's so passionate. You're just like... <laughs> <laughs> he's holding the mic, standing up in the middle of his living room. Yeah. Maddie's trying to watch Critical Role on the telly and I'm just there, you know, in the way. <laughs> um, Matt Knight, talk to me about Chase Bliss, everyone's favourite ridiculous um, pedal brand. Yeah. So um, this might be the first Chase Bliss pedal I buy. Not because I don't want to buy any of the other ones, but actually this this is the one that I'm like, actually, this is amazing. So um, the mood from Chase Bliss looks incredible. Get that out of the way first. It's like a peachy, ready, oh. purple... It's amazing. Um, Chase Bliss make the best looking pedals, honestly. So Absolutely what, fantastic. What's interesting about this one is this is their second, I believe, all digital pedal. So it's not following the... Um, sort of analog heart digital brain this is all digital um, designed in conjunction with two other digital brain analog heart wasn't it yeah that's what I said is it yeah oh sorry I said this is not that Um, so this is all digital basically Um, and it's a collaboration between old blood noise endeavours oh I love old blood noise endeavours and Drolo effects which are a brand I hadn't actually heard of they build I don't know Drolo I checked, uh, checked them out they build a bunch of interesting stuff and everything on their website was sold out so they obviously must be popular somewhere wow um this is very difficult to describe exactly what it does and i've watched a bunch of videos and i've read a bunch of stuff about it just try and get a hold of what it actually is as, so it, as with all chase bliss pedals i assume it comes with about a million little dip switches on the top of yeah, the well, pedal Ignore the dip switches because all the dip switches do effectively tell you what the expression pedal does. Right. That's all the dip switches are actually doing. It just means you can. It tells the pedal which controls you want to move up and down with with it. So if you if you leave all the dip switches off, you've got the six controls on the front and then the the three switches, basically. So this is a they class it as a granular micro looper slash delay so the best way to break it down is it's it's like two effects boxes that um can run into one another in a in a different way so the old blood noise side is effectively a delay pedal 
that that's what it is and you've got three versions of that you've got reverb which is like a multi-tap delay that you can smear the repeat into a reverb like sound um, you've got a physical delay setting which allows you to use it like a normal delay, but what you can do is ramp the feedback all the way up to max and it won't oscillate. It will just repeat like a looper, basically. Oh, cool. Um, and then you've got slip mode, um, which is effectively like an old... It's almost like a tape head. So it's a single delay that goes around on the tape head. The more you turn the modifier control, the more it slows the tape down to complete stop... And then beyond the complete stop, it then puts the same thing back in reverse. So you've got that as a whole section that you can you can play around with. Um, and then you've got the Drolo side, which is an always listening looper pedal. So what that means is there's a buffer inside. It's basically constantly capturing everything you play inside it up to a certain point. Um, and then when you step on the stomp switch, it freezes that moment in time, depending on where you set the length um control and then you've got different um modifiers that you can use for that so you can stretch it you can use it like a tape delay or you can use like an envelope so it'll play your loop but the more when you play over the top it will stutter the loop with something else that you've played over the top of it oh that's that's so So good the idea is is that you then you use the I guess the old blood noise side will give you the more classic effects delay some reverbs um, and then you can feed that into the Drolo always looper on looper or you can feed the always on looper onto the old blood noise side. But they're both uh, are synced to the clock control in the center. The more you turn that up, the higher resolution the delay, um, the more fidelity you get. The more you turn it down, the noisier and kind of more ripped the delay gets because you've turned the... Um, the clock down basically but what's interesting is they've set all the intervals either a fifth or an octave so each clock position changes the speed of the delay but it changes it in a musical way oh that's that's such a because sometimes when you're sweeping delay times you know you want to keep it within pitch of, of the track um it's all midi controlled we're just like everything that chase bliss does uh it's got expression and um control it's got presets if you want like i said it's got all the dip switches for the I, um, expression i don't um, know how they even how do, how do they think how do they well storyboard pedals like this it's granular just- delay is something that actually there's a lot of pedals that are doing similar things so there's uh, red panda that did the tensor and the particle um what was the other one that came out recently i'm sure we talked about it um there's like a bunch of companies that have gone and and actually it's really popular in the modular world because people are like feeding you know effectively like their micro delays that you can then kind of um twist and and warp repeats uh, more so than you could on a normal delay pedal so i think they've sort of taken that idea but gone well what if you want to i guess the thing about a looper or take for example that i've been playing around with recently the plus pedal from game changer it's great on its own but it's it's a bit boring with nothing to like either feed into it or to have after it. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? You sort of want to freeze the sound and then have a delay pedal after it and then play around with the, the delay pedal because then you've got a, a constant signal going into it. Sure. Um, so I think that's really nice that you can have both. They can interact with each other. You, the fact that you can save presets is really nice because I'm sure it's going to be one of those pedals that you find a cool sound on it if you then moved it. You go, <laughs> oh, I forgot. And, and you'd never find it again. The reason I, I really like this is it seems like a really nice evolution from something like the Counter 5. Because the Count 5 is great, but it can be very unmusical sometimes because yeah. it's so random. Yeah, everyone I know who's owned a Count 5 has kind of found like found one thing that that works on it and then just never touch yeah. it again. So I think, you know, with this, it's designed to be that, but a little bit more musical. There is, I think, a learning curve with it. Oh, I, but, I mean, I imagine there's that with every single Chase Bliss. Yeah, pedal. but I think the, the idea is it's supposed to be an inspiration and creative tool to take guitar your guitar sound to something totally different. No, I mean, that's, um, that is what they do. They're, they're, they're so... They're such a visionary company company for this sort of thing in a, yeah. in a world where there are so many effects kind of you know doing essentially the same thing how do you think of a new effect and chase bliss just seemed to do it time after time yeah so i'm um, i'm really into this i i think i may pick one up i think that's a really cool little a really cool little pedal that does more than just like a freeze type pedal yeah, yeah. So whilst you've been talking about this, <clears throat> I've not been you, listening. You, you, yeah, and you went and made no, no, a cup no. Of tea. I, I, yeah, I wasn't listening. But uh, what I thought was really uh, weird was, you know, this this has kind of come out of nowhere. Whereas the Chase Bliss pedal that we've all been talking about and 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 you know has had the the internet captured by is the blooper. Mm-hmm. You know, so the blooper kind yeah. of it, it's. Uh, at its at its core, sounds like a similar pedal, kind of a granular, uh, granular delay. There's been this uh, ongoing campaign that started at uh, Winter Nam, and knobs have been a big part of. And knobs are helping the development of the blooper, and then the mood comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they've just ditched the blooper, but they haven't. The blooper is still in development, and from I think Joe. You know, you talk about how do these companies storyboard these pedals. I wonder if the blooper was the first half of, uh, you know, is is where the mood came from, and yeah. they wanted to take the blooper in one direction. And and if you remember during, I don't know if you've been following what knobs the the video that knobs have been doing about yeah. the about the blooper and about how um, there's been quite a lot of changes and there's been a few uh, revs of it. And at one point they kind of did move in a complete other direction. And I wonder if they started down the route of making the blooper into something like the mood and they liked a few of the features of it, but decided to take it in a completely different direction. But they used that kind of jumping in point, and that's where they got uh, that's where they got Old Blood Noise involved, and maybe that's also where they got, uh, what was it, sorry, Drogo, Drono. Drolo. Drolo. Maybe that's where they got Drolo involved as well. But I've just seen there's a, there's a post on the Chase Bliss pedal, on, on the Chase Bliss website, which I've just skimmed, and basically it, it outlays the difference between yeah. the mood and the blooper. And it's all, it's all kind of romantic and a bit uh, ambiguous, and I think that's fine, because that's kind of what Chase Bliss do, is is yeah. that they, they capture people's dreams well yeah i mean you know they they capture people's imaginations and and none of their pedals are uh what you would consider kind of you know typical guitar pedals they're all 
a bit weird and and you know we've talked about it before how you need to learn to play the pedal as much as you do anything as much yeah. as you do uh use the pedal and so i i think this is cool and i like that the, the bloopers still in development because i think it's what they've been doing with with uh discussing the the uh evolution of that pedal i think is really exciting so this this is amazing and i'd just like to hark back to something that matty said at the beginning which is one of the most important things for me and that's this pedal looks incredible. Yeah, it does look good, doesn't <laughs> it's it? It's a good color. It looks so that's good. So, that's yeah. so incredibly superficial. But yeah, very. I mean, I assume this is going to come with the traditional Chase Bliss price tag as well. Three three forty nine, which is right. the same price as all of their pedals, apart from the Thermate uh, red and tonal yeah. recall. And tonal recall, yeah. Which are what? They're more, aren't they? Five hundred four nine nine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, poor, blimey. But then I guess, you know, there's so much research. Actually, the Gravitas is cheaper. Oh, really? Yeah, the Gravitas is too... What was the Gravitas? The Tremolo? Oh, it's Uh, a Tremolo. Yeah, it's the analog trim. Oh, that is cool. Um, that is that is actually it for us here on the uh, oh, regular. Oh, crikey. Is that an hour already? Yeah, that is, that's pretty much an hour. So we've got loads to Bloody talk hell, about. Bloody hell, it normally drags, but this has been quite... Maybe I'll take two <laughs> weeks off again. <laughs> yeah, then why not? Why not? Um, but we, we have got loads to talk about. One thing I did really want to talk about, which we don't have time, so we will talk about it on the over on the Patreon episode, which we're going to do now, is the Sun Earthquaker um uh, co-op pedal and the uh, the ridiculous uh, pricing that's happened on the on the second-hand market now, and uh, you know we'll talk about some other things as well, like PRS for no reason, you know, starting to manufacture strings, which is uh, which is pretty bizarre. Um, but anyway, we will continue over on the uh, Patreon, where for as little as one dollar a month, you can support. The podcast, uh, $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 gets you the Patreon episode and loads of other stuff. And $10 makes you an executive producer and gets your name read out in one breath by me. And there have been a couple more, uh, well, one more 10-tier backer this week. So I am absolutely on my last legs with it, which I am looking forward to. I'm looking forward to really being able to read these out normally again. You're going to have to think <laughs> of a new shtick. Thing. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, anyway, will that day be today? I guess I think, I'll... Uh... I think you should uh, read them backwards. Oh, that's a really good idea. Spoonerise them all, maybe. No, 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 no. This is something that you're going to need to do in your own time because I don't okay. need to listen to it. You're going right. to need to read them backwards and then play that uh, forwards. Full, oh, play that backwards. a good idea. Like, like Twin Peaks. Good idea. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Anyway, here we go. <clears throat> John Pearson, John Mayer slowly burning in a dancing room. Zach Melton, Jim Welters, Keith Adams, Steve Ferguson, Eric Pryle, Christopher Franklin, Andy Joyce, John Anglin, Adam Royce, Chris, Jake Cottonmore, Robert Cousins, Rob Gould, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Ramadan, Arnie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Hurts, Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Emily James Baker, Ron Correa, Aaron Sharon, Blake Wyland, Andrew Goody, Jamie Kemp, Jake Cray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lewis, Hans Arms, Robin Smith, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Rob Nordrick, Duncan Watson, Ed Bentley, Steve Michael, DJ Mark Cross, Michael McRae, Carlos Lanter, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Blatt, um, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Moo Garrett, Hill Thompson, Adrian Dye, Ken Sayers, Matthew Ginn, Scott Payne, Sean Arbo, Christopher Walsh, Matt Cumberstone. Was that all of them? I'm not sure I could have got one more out. That Did was you, all of them. Was yeah. that all of them, really? That was all wow. of them, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, huh. Oh, blimey. Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at @guitarnerds. Join us on at Facebook. At, at fa- what? At, at. 
At at. Yeah, that's what I always say at at. Yeah, I know. At, it's just at at. Seems a bit oh, superfluous. Okay. Uh, I suppose so. Should I just say at guitar nerds? Yeah. Do you think? Okay. Can you can we start this again? Can do you mind just reading the names out? The whole podcast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. Hello, Hello and <laughs> welcome to episode two 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 of the guitar. No. Uh, uh, yes. Follow us on Instagram at Twitter at guitar nerds. Join the Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. It's where all the fun stuff happens. It's full of wonderful conversation. And why not subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds? That's it for us from this week. Uh, we'll be continuing over on the Patreon episode. Uh, farewell. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.